Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. Tonight, it's Ian. Beakless Mountaineer. And, and the captain. There's a bit of good news. I wanted to follow up on something we talked about at the very end of the show last night. Uh, and that was that Joe Biden had put out a request to the Democratic National Committee at that uh, yesterday or something like that, saying that they should take away New Hampshire's so-called first-in-the-nation primary status for the presidential election. <laughs> I saw that headline cross my Gee, head. I can't yeah. imagine why he'd want to do that. Well, there's a couple reasons why. Number one, New Hampshire's uh, Democrats voted him fifth apparently, in 2020 in the Democratic primary. So mm. New Hampshire is not likely to vote for Joe Biden in a contested election Good. for 2024. So it's a personal thing for Joe. But prior to this happening, in the, over the summertime, the committee, the Democratic National Committee, they've got like a election subcommittee or something. I forget what it's called. But this uh, subcommittee of the DNC, they decided that uh, they were going to create some punishments for any Democrats that ignore the official Democrat schedule of primaries. What? And what that means is not for the Democrat, like, average person Democrats, but for the people who are running for office. Okay. And the idea behind this is that they want to punish anyone who runs in New Hampshire if they decide to reorganize the the organization of when the primaries happen. So... For like over 100 years, New Hampshire has had the so-called first-in-the-nation primary. It has a law on the books that say, it's state law, that says that if another state moves their primary before New Hampshire, New Hampshire's primary will move before that state. It's a silly thing. It's like, disagree. Oh, we got to be first. Uh, well, you know, it's, it seems, why do you disagree with that? I think that's a brilliant idea. I mean, for one thing, it, it means that... Uh, politicians actually care about New Hampshire at all for any reason ever. Why would it matter, though, whether a politician pretends to care about you? They don't actually care about you. They just come here in a glad hand and baby kiss uh, for six months oh, or yeah? whatever. Well, if your state runs a, runs a primary before we do, we'll just run one before yours. So <laughs> yeah. that seems really babyish and petty to me. But. Well, it's a matter of getting platformed, honestly. So, like, if the people of New Hampshire want XYZ policy, like... Unless they have this, there's no reason to listen to them. They won't, they're this tiny little state off in the corner. To you. Yeah, there's no reason to listen to them. No one pays attention to politics unless it is a national election. Unless it's the presidency, no one cares about politics except for us. You we know, the ones who reach... actually think about, wait, but that's who all of these political reach. decisions are well, disastrous. I, I disagree because I don't give a about politics but that's like, who but that's who we're trying to reach we're trying to reach the activists we're not trying yes. to reach average people to right. tell them to move to new hampshire we want people that appreciate libertarian activism to move here or at least desire to build freedom into sure. their lives right yeah. you know what you call it activism and that's fine some people think that like you could build the alternative hey that's, hey yeah. i, I want to be part of building the future and right. the future means not having this organization of of you know evil sure bring on the private you police know, so, prote- you know private protection agencies i, I love activists that, right? but i like builders yeah. as well and yeah. maybe the two are the same i don't know but like i want builders i think that's true because i think an activist is somebody who wants to change things right and a builder is somebody who says oh this doesn't exist I need to create this right. thing, right? So they also want to want to change things. Uh, I, I think you're you're go- you're missing a piece here, Peakless. And let me let me see if I can reveal this to you. Had you heard of this happening at all prior to tonight? Heard of what happened? This D- Democratic National Committee trying to strip mm-hmm. New Hampshire. So 
they're going to do this. I know. Yes. They're going to break the law on national television. It is not breaking the law. We have a we have a law that you have to move it forward. No, 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 no. What you're missing is the law, as I understand it, only specifies if another state moves its primary. So what's happening here is the Democratic National Committee is saying, well, we're just going to reorganize our primary calendar and we're going to set New Hampshire. And they voted on this, not, not the full committee. It still has to go to the full committee, but this is like the subcommittee that makes most of these decisions and then it goes to the full committee. Anyway, it was overwhelming in, in the subcommittee. Only New Hampshire and Iowa voted against what this subcommittee was was doing. So this is on track to to pass. And what it means is... No states have changed any of their laws. No states have reset things. But the Democrats have said South Carolina will be the first primary, and then New Hampshire and I think it was Nevada or Iowa or something will be a week so after South, South Carolina. South Carolina has moved its primary to before this, no. and now we have to move out. Car- no, South Carolina is not moving. This is the thing you, that I'm not making clear. There's no state legislature that has done this. It is the Democratic National Committee who is declared that they are going to ignore the New Hampshire primary and they are going to consider South Carolina's primary as the first primary in the nation. And then do a second primary here? In in practical terms, what does that mean? They're going to ignore the New Hampshire primary. Does that mean New Hampshire can have the primary? New Hampshire will have its primary at the time that it does, which will be a week before South Carolina. Okay, But it will not count for the Democratic (laughs) National Committee. mm. Yeah, that's going to make no difference. Go ahead, Major. Well, you know all the crazy protests that have been going on over in China here lately. Oh yeah, yeah. those those are well, the those are the most courageous people on the face of the earth. Because you might get killed for this, you will definitely experience two weeks of imprisonment I don't, for for this. I don't know if Major's calling in to talk about this specifically, but uh, I would like I would like to point out the hypocrisy. Hang on, Major. I would like to point out the hypocrisy. Of all of the politicians, from uh, Biden to Trudeau, to whoever, who's the Australian guy? There's a few uh, of them. Yeah. Uh, Jacinda uh, Ardern, I think, is yeah. New Zealand. All, all of these uh, politicians, these leaders of these countries, have come out and said, "Like, you better get the vaccine, and you better lock down, and you better not protest, and blah blah blah." And then they turn around and they go, "You know, the people of China should be allowed to protest." <laughs> right. So I just want to point that out to our listeners. Total hypocrites. They, they they actually made a difference. The dragon blinked or said uncle, as it were. Whoa. They have we've eliminated the mask mandates. Really? And they're backing down on these uh, max, not vac- vaccinations, but the max, max, uh, mass testing that they're doing. Oh, wow. Yeah, I saw wow. a headline today. I didn't have a chance to That's look great. at it. That, that Z, the president yeah, there, was blinked, backing down. They blink. They don't never blink. But well, remember, I asked you. I asked you what year it was in the Chinese lunar calendar. It's the year of the tiger. Well, and I was I was hoping it was the dragon because <laughs> they seem to have created this beast. It's like it rock paper scissors. Tiger beats dragon. Tiger's a pretty <laughs> badass animal too. I mean, true. And it exists. So sure. now I, I'd like to point this out to you, Ian. Oh, protests never accomplish anything. You and your chanting. Well, from time to time. Well, governments should fear their people. People should not fear their governments. Wouldn't that be lovely? Right. It's the other way around currently on planet Earth. But Mm -hmm. this is an example of the power that, like, grassroots movements, people, the people, quote unquote, don't realize that they actually own. I want to distinguish what happened in China from a normal protest. Mm. Normal protests. 
Major, stand by. I try to bring you good news when I can. Thank you for the call tonight. Appreciate, appreciate it. it. Normal protests are people with government approval standing around in government-approved areas, uh, acting within government-approved limits, right? What they did in China was mass civil disobedience. It wasn't just a normal protest. Right. This was people, as you said, going out and risking being snatched up off the streets, possibly disappeared, possibly murdered. Possibly having your organs sold across the world. Right, right. put into a re-education camp, having their families uh, taken away from them, all kinds of terrible things. This is one of the most terrifying places to go out and do what those people done, which is why they are so brave. Imagine your government having that much power over you that they can just flip a switch and the status of something on your cell phone determines whether or not you're allowed to travel. Mm-hmm. Right? It's crazy. Now, also, I just want to point out, like, we're talking about all these crazy things happening in China. We're like five minutes away from that. Oh, yeah. Here in the United States. Without like, literally. Doubt. Like, you're seeing the future in China because they're mm-hmm. testing, they're beta testing all of the draconian, tyrannical crap that they're trying to implement here over there right now. And that's why we continue to talk about it because we are literally five minutes away from right. that being reality here. Well, yeah. And it looked like it was going to work. Like for a long it time did. this year. But there almost... was a protest that was scheduled that they organized through social media and like it didn't happen because they flipped the, the thing from green to red mm. and they're like, oh, I guess we can't, can't go leave. now. Mm. Well, and, and it, when powerful people like Klaus Schwab come on and say, this is a model nation, they mean it. This mm. is the model. This is the technocracy that they are pushing us toward. And here's what they're doing. Here's where we are in the end game. They're going to take the last three scams that they ran on us and combine them into one huge super conglomerate scam. They're going to take the terrorism thing. They're going to take the climate change thing, and they're going to take the COVID thing. Right, the and they're bio going to, thing, right? Yeah. Right, right. They're mm. going to mash them all into one big monster and that's what they're going to unleash on us so that it will they no longer have to prove anything it's like oh well you have an invisible thing in your system we're sure we have experts they're sure well it's refreshing to see that mass civil disobedience can work even in a place as tyrannical as china i don't know if anybody's listening to us in china or can you know play this clip or whatever to them but kudos Stand up for freedom. Continue to do so. Mm-hmm. The only way you're going to get it is by risking yourselves, your families, your communities, yeah. your lives, and standing up to a very small amount of people. A very small amount of people yeah. run your government. A very tiny amount of people. There are way more of you by orders of magnitude than there are of them. These big damn heroes know what it's like to live free or die. That's a fact. New Hampshire will still have scheduled a vote as the first in the nation <laughs> primary. However... This summer, the Democratic National Committee's bylaws committee passed rules that says that if you as a candidate dare to violate the party's official schedule for primaries, we will punish you. You will not get your uh, place at the convention or you won't get your delegate votes or whatever. So if you got on the ballot in New Hampshire, you got to go register, right? you got to register to get on the ballot and you win. On the primary date in 2024, if the Democrats have stripped this situation out, then the Democrats will basically tell you that means nothing. You get no delegates. Because remember, you have to go to the convention, the Democratic National Convention, and then each state where the it's candidates such a, won. Such a just a giant can of I, – I can't describe it without using bad words here on the radio. Well, you wouldn't want any kind of democracy to break out like, one of these yeah. things. Like there should be nothing hindering anybody from running for anything. 
it should be a free for all. Whoever campaigns the hardest, whoever is the most creative, whoever you know, they, they should be able to do whatever the heck they want to in order to you know make their campaign. If there's some guy that, and, and this is why we don't have like quality people running. Right. Because right. they're not allowed. <laughs> you can't allow a quality person. No. You have to jump through all these hoops. You have to glad hand all these people. You have to kiss all these babies. Well, right? most good people are doing productive things with their lives. They're mm-hmm. not running for political office. That's what I'm saying. Like, right. when's the last time a philosopher or a, uh, a humanitarian or, you know, somebody like that. Excluding like, Ron Paul. Even Rand. Well, okay. Ron Paul was a doctor. Yeah. Right. So, like, outside of Ron Paul, like, that's the Doesn't exception happen. that proves the lawyers. rule. They're mm-hmm. almost all lawyers. And so we never get good men in these positions, and therefore I say that all of politics is irrelevant. Well, you kind of can't. I mean, a good man does not want to rule over other men. That's right. right. That's just they, they, like categorically true. You right. cannot maintain virtue and, then, and want to tell everyone else what to do to under threat point, of violence. To that point, where are all of the good men standing up and saying this outside of you know us mm-hmm. right you know, where are you know the philosophers where are the uh, i don't know the the college professors where are you know all of these Most people of them are corrupted right? the, by the state mm-hmm. they they have philosophy they have uh you know they have academia but they all believe in the power and the supremacy well, of the almighty <laughs> god of the the state well the only philosophers that are basically allowed in our society anymore their whole job is to say yes it is a good thing that we have this special group of people that are allowed that not only are allowed to do evil things but must do evil things those aren't philosophers peakless when i explained this dnc situation i think as we were going to break you seemed pretty excited about it the idea is that they are going to essentially make the new hampshire democratic primary worthless that it will (laughs) not count towards democratic national party things what is your interpretation of this? What does it mean? Oh, my interpretation of it? Well, so for one thing, I knew this was going to pass uh, because their whole thing is race politics right now. Right. That's the one thing I didn't mention. This The reason, quote unquote, for this, besides protecting Biden from mm-hmm. being you know voted against, is that there's more non-white people or what they call voters of color in South Carolina. And so they want a more representative body, if you will, to vote for the Democratic uh, politician. I mean, New Hampshire is pretty white. That's their argument. Yeah. So one of the things that having the primary here has done is it it changes the rhetoric that that politicians use. No, it doesn't change the way that they govern. But the rhetoric that politicians use changes the identity of the nation. I don't like this fact, but it's true. What the president says Americans are, it gets deep into people's psyche about their identity of themselves. So if they have to pander to a free state, that will change what the entire nation believes that it is. Well, it hasn't done very much. That's my question, though. We just got here, man. Give us a minute. That's my question about all of this. How does it affect New Hampshire's, mm, we'll say, uh, race? I I don't know what the right word is, our, our goal of becoming a free state? I think it helps it. How? I know. The reason I think it helps it is because the most hardcore Democratic activists, the ones that really love going to Democratic National Committee meetings and like paying attention to the, the inner workings of the party, the, the true like dedicated people, yeah. they're going to walk away from New Hampshire. They're going to say, we have no more vote. We have no more influence. We've we've had our, our power stripped from us. That sounds and good And they're to me. either going to leave the Democratic Party and stay in New Hampshire, 
or they're going to leave New Hampshire so they can get involved in Massachusetts or Vermont or one mm-hmm. of these other states where they'll feel like they still have a say because they care so much about the institution. Now, again, this is a small number of people, right? Yeah, yeah. But it's going to be a certain hardcore leftist. Yeah. That's our, they're just going to throw up their hands in frustration and say, well... I don't want to give up on the Democratic Party, so I guess I got to leave New Hampshire. And what's besides, the, there's these free staters here, so I've been wanting to leave anyway. Right, right? so they're going to join what's the opposite of the Free State Project? The, <laughs> the Progressive State the Progressive Project. State Project. They're going to join that? That's what they're calling Vicariously. It, yeah. <laughs> I think that's one potential outcome of this. I got Jimmy on the line in Florida. He's listening to WNDB in Daytona Beach. Go ahead, Jimmy. Oh, hi, guys. I know you're trying to get elected and do a. Impress people. Uh, I'm not. I None of us here are trying to impress people. Or get elected. Well, I don't know. Some I've run for office, but I don't care if I actually get elected. You're, well, you really impressed uh, me, but here's the problem. Oh, I'm sure about I that. Saw a picture, I saw a picture of you guys, and you are really ugly. You have radio faces. Wow. <laughs> that's a really sharp comment. Hey, U-G-L-Y, I ain't got no alibi. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have anything intelligent I mean, to say? Yeah. You need a front man. I mean, you guys... You're not going to impress voters. They're going to see you. As soon as they look at you, they're gone. Have you seen uh, politicians, uh, dude? <laughs> yeah. Uh, people always talk about the homeless no. problem. I talk about with politicians the homeliness problem. They say politics is uh, is Hollywood for ugly people. It sure is. They're really? full of yeah. ugly And We're better people. looking than Hollywood people yeah. or and than uh, politicians. politicians. Thank yeah. you. The idea that, oh, you need a front man. Oh, so we need to centralize all of our energies around a single no. effort so that if that one gets blocked, we have no recourse. No. Sounds brilliant. What we need is more of the common man. Well, you guys, you're just too... Uh, you have radio faces. All I right. mean, you're not going to... You're repeating yourself, it. Jimmy. Do you have anything fresh? Yes. Uh, I, I do like you. You're, you're smart people. And ah, I'd, I'd, love, I'd love for you to be in charge. I, you, but you're not going to make it. You know? No one here wants to be in charge. That's the point. I'm in charge of my life. Yeah. Please be try the, it. Be the what, captain of what, yourself. Who's going to be the president when New Hampshire becomes a, a country? No one. Well, technically, Eventually. technically, when New Hampshire declares independence from the United States, yeah. the governor role will revert back to being the president of New Hampshire. So who that will be at oh. that time, I don't know. But presumably it would be someone who supports independence because, you know, for New by Hampshire. The time, to, uh, yeah, by yeah. the time our culture in New Hampshire has changed to the point that we're willing to, as a people, leave the federal government, there will be also a reflected change in the political Correct. machinery. Hopefully. Crichton is on the line in Kentucky. Go ahead, Crichton. Hi, guys. I wanted to talk about don't take the plea deal and, sure. offer, and offer you congratulations for the news. Oh, thank you. I think you're referring death. to the news that 17 of 25 counts against me in the federal Crypto 6 case uh, have been dropped by the prosecutors who presumably didn't think they could make that case. In because front of F jury. those guys. Yeah, yeah I meant to so. tell you, con- congratulations on well, that. Well, thank you. I'm not out of the woods yet. Now, that only takes down my potential maximum time in prison from 420-something years to 70 years. So I'm only facing the rest of my life <laughs> in prison now. <laughs> not plus, several Plus lifetimes, a little right, bit. Yeah. Not several lifetimes. But uh, but it's a step in the right direction. And, and the most important thing is the one that had the, uh, the mandatory minimum of 10 years that one's gone that one's off the table so the so-called kingpin charge gone anyway uh Crichton thank you but what else did you have to say well I wanted to comment a little bit about my wife's case Um, okay and she took the plea deal what was her case 
Well, I can't get a, a lot of detail other okay. than to say that she faced five years in prison, and it was a federal or state felony. State. State. Okay. Uh, what was the plea result? She took the plea deal. Was, she was like probation, probation for okay. a year, mm-hmm. but again, still a felon. Yeah. And, well, the process and, is and, the punishment, and, I, and I'm sure you already know this because it was a shock to my my wife when it actually occurred. Yeah. That you don't have any rights inside of a court. Nope. They don't. They'll give it lip service, but in the reality, they don't care. Mm-hmm. There's you have no rights there. No, yeah, these are people who do that. not have a concern in the world for humanity. The people that work in these courts are the least caring individuals you will come across. They are just as cold as ice. They care about one thing, and it's the thing that they took an oath to. They care about upholding the court. They want the court to look good. Mm-hmm. What this caller is alluding to is something I call the second set of books. Right. Everybody who pays attention in, I don't know, high school, whenever they teach civics, or if you look into, uh, you know, becoming a lawyer or any of the, you know, the gyrations of the law system, uh, this is all external to you. This is all what, how it applies to the citizenry. But once you become involved with the organization known as government itself, there is a whole second set of books inside the system that nobody teaches you about. Mm-hmm. And that's how they proceed against you. And you are correct. You have no rights when it comes to you being persecuted. In fact, you're not even literally uh, innocent until proven guilty. In fact, you're guilty until proven innocent on the exterior set of books, right? Because they will arrest you. They will detain you. Yeah. They will treat you I've as if you were guilty. I've had two years of my life ruined by this. I mean, I mean yeah. I've, I've made the best out of it that I could, obviously, yeah. but I haven't been able to use cryptocurrency for almost two years now. I haven't been able to use encrypted uh, transmission methods, uh, for the most part, like Signal or Telegram, for right. uh, for two years. So it's it's been a huge... So you're being punished even before any conviction yeah. in court has ever occurred. We've got James on the line in New Hampshire. Go ahead, James. Oh, hi. Um, I was uh, basically going to state that I'm trying to understand how they could go after you uh, for the use of Bitcoin and that or any other cryptocurrency out there. Yet I never see them go into places like Chinatown and crack down on people, you know, that use Chinese yuans. Or even in uh, you know Russian communities of uh, different parts of this country. Well, I don't think it's yeah, illegal that's... to use the Chinese yuan in Chinatown, right? Like you could use I don't you can use whatever I currency you want. No, like I, I lived in Seattle for so long, and Seattle has a Chinatown, and mm-hmm. I know that they like a lot of the places there will take whatever the Chinese currency is. Sure, the government currency, of course. As I understand it, you are allowed to trade with it, but you're not allowed to sell it unless you ask them for permission first. Meaning you can't sell yuan for dollars, right. you're saying. Yeah, yeah, that would make you a money exchanger or for exchanger of foreign currency, which would qualify you as a money services business, which means you need to be licensed. So, What yeah. I can say about the Under Seattle the area, despite the fact that it is the technological hub of the West Coast, or at least one of two technological hubs of the West Coast, is that there's no one in Seattle that accepts cryptocurrency for really anything. Mm. If there are, they're few and far between by way of comparison to tiny Keene, New Hampshire. Well, to go back to your original point, James, the reason why they're targeting me is the same reason why they've targeted other cryptocurrency sellers. I'm not the first. 
Uh, I'm just one of the more visible ones because I have a radio show. Right. And there's multiple reasons why they're doing this. One, they've been investigating the Free Staters in Keene since 2005, at least, that Mm -hmm. we know of. The FBI has been all over this movement. They have been looking for years for something to charge somebody with up here, and so they cooked up this one. But they've also gone after other online Bitcoin sellers across the United States. Almost all of them have taken a plea deal on those, uh, those charges, and that's because... The Chinese yuan being, you know, slung around in Chinatown is not a threat to the supremacy of the U.S. dollar. Oh, no. The Bitcoin usage and the spreading of cryptocurrency is absolutely a threat, not only to the U.S. dollar, but also to the yuan and to all Mm -hmm. the other central bank currencies on the planet. And that's why they're targeting cryptocurrency. And if you need evidence as to uh, the relevance of Free Talk Live to this persecution of Ian Freeman, which is exactly what's going on, they're persecuting this man because of his radio show. I only need bring up that this is the... What, third time the studio's been raided? No, no, second time. Second time that the Federals yeah. have raided this the studio. State cops raided the next door uh, house like probably 14 years ago yeah. for yeah. a marijuana grow. Now, I think that since these people are absolutely locked into the mindset of hierarchies and centralization, I think that they see you as something of a figurehead because you've been drawing people to New Hampshire sure. for the Free State Project yeah. for so long. So they're like, oh, if we just knock out this guy, they'll fall apart, which is kind of hilarious to me. They don't understand. Jerome is on the line in South Carolina. Jerome, Jerome! what's on your mind, dude? Hey, crypto and FTX. They're both one the same. No, thing. they're not. Joe, <laughs> yes, <they> <laughs> how ignorant can you possibly be? Uh, well, I'm glad we have. I'm glad that we have blockchain computer experts calling in to tell us about <laughs> where's this. Where's our money? You know the people ask, "Where's our money?" There is no money. Did you see the interview with this um, Sam Brinkman Sweet guy on the? This guy had billions, and now he's down to a hundred thousand. I heard he shed a tear. He's a douchebag. The, this uh, bank would, <laughs> yeah, he he defrauded an unbelievable him? number of people. He belongs in jail. He's not going hey. there, though. I suspect. But Jerome, yeah, let me clarify before you go on your rant or whatever. You were whatever. wrong. The first <laughs> sentence that came out of your mouth. There's a huge yeah. difference. Just listen for a moment. Maybe you know, and it'll let you respond. But there's a huge okay. difference between cryptocurrency. <laughs> And FTX. Cryptocurrency is a concept. It's an idea. There are different examples of it that exist in the world. One of them that's most popular is Bitcoin, but there are many others. There are thousands of others. Dash, Monero, Bitcoin Cash, so many others. We couldn't possibly mention them all. Uh, So these are technical programs that exist on the internet many of them like bitcoin are not owned by any sort of corporation ftx is a corporation ftx is a company it has a head it has a ceo it has employees it can fail as it did Mm -hmm. and lose its assets and bitcoin is still going strong bitcoin still exists you're basically saying the grocery store is the same as salami Mm. (laughs) hey look I, I I watched a story about about um, Bitcoin on sixty minutes a couple of months ago. Yeah, it doesn't make you know anything. No way in hell I'd ever go near something like that. Okay, it's not right for everyone. To me, wait a minute, you got a better chance of convincing me to vote for a Republican. Hey, you've convinced me no that you are way too happen. ignorant to delve into something like Bitcoin I based on the first sentence out of your mouth, Jerome. Ignorant after Bitcoin. Yeah. You are ignorant to Bitcoin. You have no idea what you're talking about when it comes to Bitcoin, and you should leave the subject out of your mouth. Who's the one in trouble, me or you? 
Who's huh? in trouble? I'm not in trouble. Who's one of the... Didn't you just talk about how they dropped some charges against Yeah, you? that's against me. Well, I'm against him, not me. The other host on the show. There's three people here, Jerome. You know we're not all the same I guy, know. right? Yeah, yeah. I, I, hey, I distinctly heard you say But to Jerome, we all sound alike. <laughs> yeah. No, it's you all look alike. That's what it is. Okay, no, Jerome. I distinctly heard you talking about them dropping charges against Yeah, they did. They okay. dropped 17 out of 25 charges. Not bad. Whoa! Uh, 17 out of 20. Man, what kind of trouble you been in? Oh, uh, he uh, he sold some Bitcoin to willing buyers. Me, yeah, they want to put me away for the rest of my life so because I, did. I didn't ask for government permission to sell something to someone. OPEC is having some sort of an important meeting, and our last caller brought up some kind of a BRICS currency. Does that have mm-hmm. something to do oh, with this? Yeah. What is going on, Pecos Mountaineer? Well, so that's the thing. You never know exactly what they're going to talk about at these mm-hmm. things because, I mean, these are some of the richest, most powerful people on the planet, and they have some of the most extraordinary control over what is about to happen to your life. So uh, in October, they got together and talked about uh, uh, reducing their uh, oil output by two uh, let's see, what was it, two million barrels? Oh, yeah, this is what upset Joe Biden because he had wanted them to hold off on making that decision until after Wimbledon. the election. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, so uh, so they're like, mm, no, cut production by two million barrels per day. And, and part of the thing is that it signals that they are not taking instructions from the U.S. government anymore, mm-hmm. which is, so, I mean, I've talked on the show about how the, the, the access to oil is is basically what backs the U.S. dollar in the first place at this point, is that they have like... Well, it used to had, be that you had to pay with the dollar in order to get oil. Right? Oh, it's still that's that That's changing, way. isn't it? I thought that was changing now. Uh, well, so there's the OPEC and the plus part. So, okay. So the plus means Russia. Mm-hmm. Now, Russia obviously is not taking only U.S. dollars. In fact, they only take the, uh, ruble. the ruble and gold okay. uh, for for their oil. And that's a new change as yeah. of this year. Yeah, it is a very recent change. Mm-hmm. But it used to be that uh, the big thing about OPEC and its agreement has been uh, consistently, and, and OPEC is, is largely dominated by uh, Saudi Arabia, for the okay. record. But the big thing is that since the 70s, they have only taken U.S. dollars no matter who is trading oil. So if the Netherlands want to buy some oil from Morocco, they gotta have the dollar. They cannot use hashish. Mm-hmm. They must mm-hmm. use the U.S. dollar. Right. Really? They can't use hashish? Uh, wouldn't that be the natural choice in that circumstance? It would be for me. <laughs> but, but here's the thing. Every time that OPEC meets... It has that possibility of announcing, hey, we will also accept X for oil. They're never going to do it. It's not going to happen. Well, so here's the thing. They've they've had all these talks about putting together a basket currency, uh, a a BRICS currency Mm -hmm. that will be backed by their own individual currencies and, more importantly, will be backed by commodities. A mecha currency. Yeah. A Voltron of currency. Hmm. Absolutely. So uh, we'll be backed by gold. We'll be backed by oil. We'll be backed by if your country produces a bunch of copper. Great. Actually, an oil, if you pegged, want to join- uh, an oil pegged token kind of makes sense, right? If it's... You know, based on the value of I don't know, an ounce of oil or something like that. You know? <laughs> I think uh, didn't Venezuela already try an oil barrel token, and it was just terribly done. 
It's a proof of violence currency. Sure. They use violence Ooh. to ensure that uh, I wish I'd coined that. Proof one. That's of a violence good currency. Yeah. That's um, nice. I think that one might be uh, either Guy Swan or James Corbett. Either way, but, well uh, done. One, yeah. Right? Yeah. In, in the same way as you can have like a proof of work currency, like right. th- having this proves that proof my computer work, did these calculations. Yeah. Or you can have, well, here's the proof that we shot a whole bunch of people and said, you must use our money. So, so yeah, uh, top level, like least likely, but most world changing possibility, it might happen that they're like, hey, we're going to accept the new BRICS currency that is based on commodities. But wait, this BRICS currency has already been uh, come up with, or what's the status of they, this they've currency? Been in, they've been in talk after talk after talk, and we don't know how long it's going to take them to develop this. Mm-hmm. And and the thing is, like uh, you may have noticed, there's a war going on. Yeah. So when they release information, because th- there's, there's the physical war that is a proxy war going on between Russia and the United States, there's right. also a currency war going on. Right now, I mean, right now, a lot of countries are really upset with the U.S. currency because, well, they've been using it to bludgeon everyone around the world for a very long time. And most upset about this is Russia. So, like, top level could be that. Bottom level, they're going to determine how many barrels per day, how many millions of barrels per day they're going to produce. So that's going to change what the oil and heating prices are throughout mm-hmm. the planet. And uh, Europe is in an absolute pinch when it comes to the, the price of oil, the price of food, which food is primarily a petroleum product because of the fertilizers. So mm. this uh, and it's tomorrow, by the way, this meeting. Yes, this okay. meeting is tomorrow. And maybe it'll be a nothing burger. In the realm of technical support, when you're, you know, helping people with, you know, their, I don't know, their hardware, their software, whatever it is, if something doesn't work anymore and needs to be thrown away, it's referred to as a brick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I just want to say bricks. That's what I think about. It. I'm like, it's totally useless. Throw it away. Yeah. Well, we should throw all governments away, but unfortunately, they're, the people of uh, the world have not yet come to that conclusion. Well, so we're here to help happens. them. Yeah. Is there anything else we need to know? I mean, you're you're really optimistic about this meeting of OPEC tomorrow, and and certainly before they cut the last meeting, they did cut the uh, the output that they were doing as far mm-hmm. as oil output is concerned. Is the reason for that just to screw with uh, Joe Biden, or is it because the price will go up if they cut the uh, because the, the oil? price will go up, mm-hmm. supply and demand, very simply. Uh, so. Hold on, just before you go on, you got Russia that provides oil, the mm-hmm. U.S. has some oil, OPEC's got it, and Venezuela, like, what are the other players? Oh, Venezuela there? is part of OPEC. Oh, are they? Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, basically, all of when the I major... When I think of OPEC, I always think Middle East. I don't think anything yeah, else. Yeah, all of the major... It's mostly Middle East, but mm-hmm. uh, Venezuela was part of it, too. I see. And, and so, this is one of the reasons that I get a little giddy on these things, is because... So, they have a, uh, a rotating chairmanship on this thing. Okay. And when Chavez of, uh, of Venezuela got the chairmanship, he called an emergency meeting to discuss the possibility of using the euro in addition to the dollar. Oh, okay. And that is what got him killed. You think so? Oh, without a oh, doubt. Wow. Isn't that what got Gaddafi killed? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Right. Gaddafi wanted to, wanted to trade oil in not U.S. dollars. In, in gold, specifically, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly. Yeah. Uh, Saddam Hussein. 
decided that he would do the uh, oil for uh, for food program denominated in euros instead of dollars. And whole man, and everyone told him not to because it was like what seventy cents to the dollar at the time. Yeah. And then it shot up to one twenty five. Like after it had stabilized it at one twenty five because it shot up to over two dollars a piece because he did oil for not dollars. And I I know it's a long shot, but this is any time where the black swan event of the world changing event is possible. It's worth taking note of. Mm -hmm. So like that is like very top unlikely, but most world changing would be the announcement of the BRICS currency and its use uh, for OPEC. Unlikely. That'd be amazing. But every time they get together, they might just say, "Okay, we will also accept gold. And that will just absolutely demolish the financial uh, system of the planet. Well, there's also a story here that I got pulled up about de-dollarization by SeekingAlpha.com that says the People's Bank of China, so-called, has over a trillion dollars in U.S. treasuries. Mm -hmm. And so, therefore... Some of these other countries probably do as well in OPEC. And so, therefore, you know, if they announce that they're walking away from the dollar, that could damage their own holdings, Mm -hmm. right, by seeing the dollar drop in value faster. So if they're going to make an announcement like that, wouldn't they want to sell off their dollars first over time? Well, it's uh, it's they have to do a risk assessment Mm -hmm. because, okay, how upset with China is America today? Because at any time they can say, yeah, we're keeping that. You just can't you can't redeem any of those. We we just won't pay you on that because you Keeping are violate you we have decided that you have violated international law in the following ways by say Wait, trying to US take over Taiwan to, or whatever. You're saying the US would say that to China. Exactly. I see. So yeah. if for example they go, Yeah, this is going to be the best possible opportunity to take over Taiwan. Mm-hmm. Like, they know that there's going to be an economic repercussion from the United States if they do that. Right. So, at I, the very least, it will include not letting you have your money. I was just thinking that uh, the United States uh, Federal Reserve Central Banking um, Program is the equivalent of government-sponsored currency like FTX. Hmm. I don't follow you. Think about how FTX operated. Now they think took, about how oh, the Federal oh, Reserve operates. And well, like, tell me there aren't parallels between oh, the two. Oh, there's huge parallels. Yeah. But they, they, there's two things that I've seen that are especially different. Uh, the obvious one being that FTX doesn't, you know, hold a gun to your head and say you will use FTT tokens or die. Very specific. And number two, they don't tax. So they're not destroying FTT tokens at, at any point. Right. So, like, it's just an increase. Right. So FTX would be like, you know, the little baby grandson, yep. right? Whereas the uh, Federal Reserve is the grand poobah, mm-hmm. the great grandfather, well, the godfather, if you will. And this is exactly why they failed. When you're not forcing people to take this shoddy deal, you will eventually fail. And now, with this meeting, it could be a nothing burger or it could be like, yeah, we're going to do another two million barrels per day less. Mm-hmm. And part of this whole thing is that America caught so much flack over helping Saudi Arabia commit genocide in Yemen that they kind of stopped. What's going on in Brazil? Because we know that a year ago in some months, I think it was September of 2021, uh, the uh, El Salvadorian government decided they were going to pass a law that would be a mandatory, 
at least the way, that's the way the law is written. It has not been enforced that way, thankfully. Mm. But uh, a mandatory legal tender law for Bitcoin, meaning that mm. technically, under the law, all businesses in El Salvador have to be ready to accept Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, again, they have not been enforcing that. And I'm grateful because I think that's the wrong way to go about things. It's going to create a bunch of pushback, and it did. There well, were, enforcement would have cost them a Brazilian dollars. It would have cost a lot, yeah, for well, sure. And as far as I know, that's... And they would have pissed people off, too. That's literally what legal tender is. <laughs> he snorted. Yes. I did. I, I said Brazilian right. dollars. We, got, we got it, man. Okay. I got, I got it. Right. <laughs> I'm not going to dignify that with a response. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I feel undignified. Okay, so what were you saying there? What was I saying? Uh, about oh, Brazil. Uh, so so uh, as far as I know, that's literally what legal tender is. The, the By force. definition means they will put you in jail if they feel like that's it. That's what I thought. And you didn't uh, accept the what they decided was legal tender. Well, right? we looked into it, actually, uh, at least in the United States, because I used to have that same belief mm. and actually know from what I understand uh, it is not mandatory that you accept the dollar. You only have to accept the dollar for debts. In the United States. Tomato, and tomato. so, well, no, if you're buying a thing, you are not in debt to that person. You are doing a trade. You're trading dollars or Bitcoin or whatever for the product that the person is selling or the service that they're selling. That's why our friends Derek J. and Steven did not get raided for running the Bitcoin store or the Bitcoin shop in Portsmouth, where they would not accept dollars for anything in the store. You had to pay with cryptocurrency mm. if you wanted to buy a cool T-shirt that they had on the little front T-shirt rack or whatever it is you saw in the store that you liked, and you tried to pay with dollars, they would tell you, nope, sorry, you can't take that. You're welcome to convert those oh, dollars. God, if only we could live in a world where that were true. Yeah, well, it was a really mm, cool experiment. Give it a minute, man. They, give it they, a minute. They did it for a couple of years, and it was a really a lot of fun. I think they, they only gave up on it because they felt like it had run its course, yeah. and they, they, they wanted to focus on other projects what they've passed in uh, and it's passed like their congress basically but hasn't been signed off by the president yet uh but it's kind of expected to brazil right is is not legal tender laws but payment laws what does that mean so it means that yes we the brazilian government are if this if this does get that final signature mm-hmm. then it means brazil acknowledges that bitcoin is payment like there, it's it's an acknowledgement. This is money. This is yeah. a way of paying. You don't have to. We're not going to put you in jail for uh, yeah. in like America's particular case. Uh, it's uh, oriented around debt. I don't know what uh, what it's oriented around in Brazil. I suspect it's similar. Mm-hmm. But they're not going to put you in jail for not accepting it. But they acknowledge that like okay, it's fine for you to put it in contracts in the following way. And that's another big part about this story is they're one of the first ones to go like, okay, here are the rules. And you said this did pass their Congress? Yes. Yep. So it's a done deal. Yep. Uh, well, it's it still needs to be signed off by the president. Okay. So okay. it's possible. Has he, he made a statement? Do no. we know? No, nope. okay. not that I know of. Okay. Um, but uh, it was voted on uh, on Tuesday evening, and uh, the Brazilian lawmakers have approved a complete regulatory framework for the trading and use of cryptocurrencies in the country. Mm. And that is a really huge thing because a lot of people uh, that are in finance are standing on the sidelines and going, look, we're not even going to dip a toe into this because they don't want to be in the position you got put in mm-hmm. where it's like, okay, there was nothing illegal about me doing this. Yeah. But you didn't say, okay, here's what we've decided are going to be our arbitrary rules. 
So there's a lot of people who are just sitting on the sidelines with their popcorn watching this play out until governments say, okay, here's the rule book. These are people who are into cryptocurrency for... Uh, the opportunity to get wealthy right, as opposed right. to the opportunity the as opposed to the opportunity to become more free as human beings that's right right yeah yeah, yeah it, i mean excuse me if i don't cheer these people on for being you know sideline sitters and begging for regulation i don't I, see anything exciting about regulation I think it's sick and twisted i i will say this though simply having a government say this is fine Okay, I'm fine with that, right? Like, as long as there's not a package of regulations that come along with it, but that's what you're saying there is. You're mm. saying there's regulations, there's controls, there's diktats, there's obedience, quote-unquote framework, and to me, that's a big turnoff. Now, what I'm hoping to see happen next year, I don't know if you watched, did you watch any of the uh, Bitcoin Cash conference from down in no. St. Kitts? So No, very, very exciting stuff there, yeah, though, for sure. A few weeks ago, they had uh, actually our friend Bill and Bo from uh, New Hampshire. They went down there together, and they were the, the camera crew shooting this thing. It's, it's online, so anybody can watch it on, I think, on the Roger Veer channel on YouTube, if okay. I recall correctly. But it was just a one-day conference, one room, so there wasn't multiple tracks. It was just whatever's going on in this room, that's the conference. Mm-hmm. And they had uh, the prime minister, I think it was, of St. Kitts, mm-hmm. and one of the uh, MPs, the members of parliament, from St. Martin, which is a nearby island. These are, these are the two hot spots for cryptocurrency acceptance in uh, the Caribbean. Arguably, the two hottest spots on the planet for cryptocurrency acceptance in businesses. Mm-hmm. They've really, the activists down there uh, have done an amazing job bringing businesses on board with accepting specifically Bitcoin Cash uh, in these areas. And they, these are such small countries. We're talking about fifty to 70,000 people per island, right? Like this is the population of Cheshire County where we live is one of these islands population. Basically. I was going to say this like... I mean, the entire population of New Hampshire is what? 1.4 million. All right. So So these are much, much smaller. This could be a use case, though, to prove that it's able to be done. I do still see people with, I saw some lady wearing a mask in this neighborhood uh, just the other day, getting out of her car, walking up to somebody's house, wearing a mask. I'm happy to say I went to a a heavy metal concert last night. And? uh, About a half hour away from here. No masks? And I saw exactly two people. With masks on. They were a couple. Okay. Right. So, you know, dude and a chick, you know, obviously came together holding hands and that kind of stuff, you know. And I'm like, (laughs) you're at a metal show, like, you know, complete with a bonafide mosh pit. I mean, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and you know, while we're on that subject, maybe we could talk about it later on Beard Talk Life, but I just want to say that. You talk about metal, it's fine. uh, I just want to say that when it comes to voluntary interactions, uh, some people have brought up the argument of, what do you do about the potential for male violence, right? Because males male as a species uh, are kind of aggressive. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, humans a... are all aggressive. Males are physically aggressive. That, that's what well, I'm females saying. Females are socially Whoa, aggressive. hold on. There's actually more women, uh, female on male violence, than there is male on female violence out there. It just doesn't get reported. So here's the I, I, I can buy that actually, yeah. but but so like how do you like without the ability for like you know young men full of piss and vinegar to go to war right? How do you deal with you know this sort of like this teenage this angst this energy that that kids have? They well the volu- mosh pit. voluntary violence. <laughs> like I, I'm serious when I say yeah. this. Like the mosh pit is one of the only things I can think of where violence is completely voluntary. 
Right, you, you mm. opt to go into the mosh pit. You know what you're getting into when you go into well, same it. Same thing with boxing rings and kickboxing. There were know. there were females like in this mosh pit last mm-hmm. night, and this is becoming less and less uncommon. Really? It used to be back in the '80s, all males. like it's a brat fest, and yeah. like you know, there's no chicks at a metal sure. show at all. Now there's like you know, thirty uh, percent. You know, we'll say twenty five percent. They were pretty f- frequent at punk shows. Mm. Punk rock, of course, played into that, and especially with thrash metal, which is the crossover between heavy metal and punk rock do punk rock shows have mosh pits oh yeah okay. no they oh. have slam dancing uh, okay, what's the whatever. difference <laughs> we always called it a mosh pit no, it's, um, it's commonly known as okay mosh pit. yeah yeah uh we always called it a mosh pit it, it was pretty frequent that you'd end up getting like the the blender churn thing where like you end up going in a circle and just yes. beating the crap out of each That's other the mosh pit. you're like throwing arms and you're kind of doing this weird sort of dance like kind of thing mm-hmm. and so voluntary violence is, mm-hmm. is what i'm saying like this is a socially acceptable norm within the subculture known as heavy metal yep. right uh and so here's a lesson there are ways for people to get that sort of feeling out of them mm-hmm. in a voluntary way. Sure. Right? And, and I'm not just saying everybody needs to go mosh if you're feeling this way. There are other ways to do it. you know. And there's probably ways that humankind hasn't even invented yet because, well, we've got these things called governments where people who have these tendencies mm-hmm. can go and act out their fantasies. L.A. County set to reinstate indoor mask mandate as COVID surges. This is from December 2nd at 11.54 wow. a.m. I'm uh, getting Segway whiplash here. Here we go again. Los Angeles County is set to reinstate indoor mask mandates as local COVID-19 infections and related hospital admissions continue to surge. There is this common line of thinking that the pandemic is over and COVID is no longer of concern. But these numbers it never was of concern, <laughs> by the way. Mm-hmm. It was only if it was killing anyone, it was only killing the most vulnerable, the most sick, the most elderly and sick, the most overweight, the most effed up people were the ones that were succumbing to COVID. Yeah, you got to love that phrasing where it's the same kind of trick where they're like, oh, well, see, COVID caused this thing. And it's like, no, it didn't. Your response, which was insane yeah. and evil, mm-hmm. by the way caused all of these problems but they act as if oh well the disease itself necessitated that was the only no other way but these numbers clearly demonstrate that COVID is still with us, said what County numbers? Public Health They didn't even uh, give us the numbers. Barbara Fair at a press conference on Thursday. They just said there's a surge. The county now averages more than 2,700 new COVID infections per day, up 180% since November 1st. Virus-related hospital admissions are now at 192 per day, a 200% increase from the same date she set. So this is the county, not just the city of Los, Los Angeles. Angeles County, right. Okay. Well, it turns out when you remove the distinctive features of this particular virus from your way of identifying it, all sorts of people have it. Yes. Well, what so, was it, 2,100 per day uh, in Los Angeles County? More than 2,700 new COVID infections per day, okay. up 180% virus-related hospital uh, are now at 192 per day, a 200% increase from the same date, she said. Los Angeles County's weekly rate of new cases also rose 185 per 100,000 residents, which boosted the county from low activity to medium as per CDC guidelines. The medium risk level only makes masking strongly recommended. Okay, so it's not a mandate, it's a strong recommendation. Mm, but fair warns that the county is on track to move to high viral level by next week. Isn't it weird that, uh, uh, you know, when the COVID thing was kicking off, all we saw was the death meter on like yeah, television right. every and day. the internet every, every day, day, everywhere. 
And now that people are dying from died suddenly, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. There's there's no death meter anymore. No, nope. they're not. They don't care about anybody dying from that. You got more people who are dying because they're, or, well, we don't know if it's because of the vaccine, right? But people who are vaccinated are dying at a higher rate than people who are unvaccinated. Right. It has been a bit of a white pill that uh, the boostering is down to 10%. Ooh, really? Yeah. In the United States? Yeah. In the United States. I did not know only that. Only 10% <laughs> are, are uh, fully boosted. Fully and, boosted. And, well, yeah, and how many, the, how many is recent, that? Uh, Five? Oh, hmm? How many, how many? Yeah, what is fully boosted? Yeah, what is oh fully God, boosted these track. days? Is it like, because it used to be three, and then it was, I think it was four, and is it five now? I don't really even know. Good question. How many people cut off at two? How many people cut off at three? Is there a chart somewhere that we could, you know, that look at? would be a chart somewhere. Yeah, I'd be curious <laughs> Sorry, about that. I don't have it on We hand. haven't been following the COVID thing. I mean, this thing. is such a visual medium. Yeah, well, we haven't been following the COVID <laughs> thing very closely, because there hasn't been much to talk about with it. Thank goodness. I'm, oh. you know. Most of us are tired of it, but there is a story that I had recently, and it is uh, that the Supreme Court, at the end of October, has let stand a ruling that said the Transportation Security Administration could require airline passengers to wear masks during the height of the pandemic, keeping in place a precedent issued by a key federal appeals court. The U.S. Court of Appeals for the D.C. Circuit said the TSA has so-called authority to maintain security and safety during national emergencies. Wait, wait. Read the part about could. Could what? Could mandate masks? They can require airline passengers to wear masks during the so-called pandemic. They scrapped their mask mandate in April after a federal judge in a different case said the requirement exceeded the agency's power. But now you've got the U.S. Supreme Court weighing in and saying no no, you can do so that. So this TSA. is the TSA mandating you wear a mask, what, while at the airport standing in line waiting for them to harass you? I don't know if they have jurisdiction over the actual planes themselves. Right, but that yeah, was my question. Like, like, could the, the airlines airport. be like, yeah, screw that, we don't care? Like, the I word could know. implies that I they know don't the have FAA, to. I think the FAA had mandated it previously, so I think that that, would have re- that did require the airlines. Yeah. So I don't think TSA, I could be wrong about this, but I don't think TSA gets to tell the airlines what to do. Yeah, so I just heard the word could, and I'm like, wait, so it's optional? They don't have to? No, well, no, what it means is they, they were told by the U.S. Supreme Court that they have the so-called power they have the authority. to You've mandate passengers right, to yeah. wear things, uh, wear masks. The Supreme Court orders a defeat for Jonathan Corbett, who's a California lawyer and self-described frequent flyer who sued to challenge the mask mandate. He asked the Supreme Court to take up his appeal or declare the case legally moot and wipe away the D.C. Circuit opinion so it couldn't serve as a precedent. But instead, the D.C. Nice the Supreme Court backed up the uh, the TSA. I'm old, and so some of my friends are old, and mm-hmm. you know uh, they went about getting themselves involved with practical special effects. So they'll do, you know. Uh, Guar type stuff, right? Uh, rubber makeup, right? Yeah, yeah makeup. Yeah. You know, they'll do Latex. like rubber prosthetics mm-hmm. and that kind of thing, and they'll you know use spirit glue and like you know they could change the shape of somebody's face pretty easily. Oh, it's you pretty can do realistic. Remarkable stuff with it's that. Pretty I used to work at stuff. a haunted house, and we got like a really good makeup person there, and it's like yeah. whoa. Yeah. So you just kind of resemble whatever ID you present them, and then they scan your fake face. I mean, you know, there's ways around this stuff, but you shouldn't have to do these things. You should not have to go to these lengths to be a free man well do you want my face or not pick a lane guys 
Am I supposed to put a mask over it, or do you have to have access to it? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I mean, can, can I just be like, I'm sorry, the TSA has instructed me that I have to wear this. Well, I need to see your face for your passport. I can't violate the TSA. Are well, you instructing me to violate? During COVID, the TSA wanted you to pull the mask down at the little checkpoint thing so they could see your face and match it to the ID. And now they've been quietly testing controversial facial recognition technology, according to the Washington Post. For passenger screening at 16 domestic airports in the U.S. from Washington to Los Angeles, and they hope to expand it across the United States. Oh it's yeah, they hope to expand year. it across the entire universe. Yeah, they, they've been uh, they've been implementing this stuff in the uh, British school system for a little while now. Like in order Facial to recognition yeah, software? so like in order to pay for your school lunch, oh, they will scan your face. Wow, they yeah. had thumbprints not long after I was in school. I mean, wow. this, this has been coming. Oh, wow, yeah. statism yeah. in your face. Yeah. So I am absolutely going to start wearing makeup of a particular variety really? if I go to the uh, if I go to the uh, the airport. What now. have you got in mind? Oh, so there's there's specific ways that you you basically make your face a, a an asymmetrical thing hmm. by putting like a triangle here on this oh. side and three dots over on yeah. this side and things like that. That's and interesting. It they can't recognize it as the a systems face. cannot deal with it. Right there right. was a uh, there was a mm, it was a superhero movie where they had a character. Who wore this sort of, mm, you know, face covering latex mm-hmm. thing, uh, hood, and like the shape on the face just constantly changed all the time. Well, now they make those. Like you can buy a hood that like oh Rorschach, fits. you mean Rorschach, yeah, ah, that that uh, yeah, that yeah. fits over your face, oh and God, the image the image on the face constantly changes, so that if you're getting hit by a facial what? recognition scanner, it 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 can't deal with it. It doesn't know what to do. It's, what is it made out of? It's just a hood that's like uh, it's skin tight uh, spandex, I think, is what it's made out of, and then it's got some sort of a thing in it. It's I think it's the uh, do you remember Genera Hypercolor? Used to be these T-shirts you'd yeah. put on, and they would change color with your body heat. That so if you like awesome. worked like a out, it would change. T-shirt. That's cool. Well, imagine now a, f- a like a face hoodie that uh-huh. fits over your face, covers your entire face, but the face itself, the, there's shapes on it that look like Rorschach tests. There are these random yeah, yeah. images. They change the entire time you wear it, and it's not computerized. It's like based on <laughs> heat. I don't know. For you got to find this for me, Captain. I'm I fascinated right? by this. I want to see this. Right, go to the magic rectangle. Yeah, yeah. I'm curious about it. Uh, meanwhile, according to the Washington Post, these airports have been experimenting with biometric technology for years. They mentioned the Customs and Border Patrol has been using facial uh, facial recognition or scans, or at the very least, taking a picture for database purposes, obviously, of people that are coming back into the country. The system is for general passenger security screening, they say. You step up to the travel document checker kiosk and stick your ID into a machine. Then you look into a camera for up to five seconds, and the machine compares your live photo to the one it sees on your ID. They call us the one-to-one verification system, comparing one face to one ID. Even though the software is judging if you're an imposter, there's still a human agent there to make the final call, at least for now. So this is that area where, mm. you know, you go up to the, uh, you're heading towards the TSA security area, but before you get to that spot where you actually put your stuff on the, the rollers and take off the belt and all that crap, they have that person who takes your ID from you and they look at you, they look at the ID. That's what they're talking yeah. about is going to be replaced by a machine. Well, and here. And this is uh, so uh, if you're familiar with the phrase Kafka esque, mm-hmm. I mean, mm. it's just like the picture of the nightmarish bureaucracy. But the fact is that we will be doing things that make that would make Kafka blush mm. because 
and and it was Peterson that point, uh, Jordan Peterson that pointed this out that okay, the bureaucrat, faceless though he may be, is at least a person. You just listened to the new extended Free Talk Live Daily Digest. We felt this format was more appropriate for our podcast audience and decided to make it our official podcast. If you subscribe to the Daily Digest or full episode RSS feeds, please resubscribe to the main FTL podcast feed, which you can find at feeds.freetalklive.com. The other feeds rely on a third-party service, and though they'll have the same content, we can't be sure how long they'll stay online. If you still want the entire radio show, you can listen live every night from 7 to 10 Eastern at freetalklive.com. Full video archives are at video.freetalklive.com or tune into our 24-7 stream for the latest show at listen.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live's amps will continue to receive the full two-hour radio show with no recorded commercials via podcast through Patreon. So please join amps.freetalklive.com for just $5 a month. Thank you for listening to and sharing Free Talk Live. 